welcome to the Soccer Camp. It's time to break down the barriers. A show dedicated to creativity, adaptations, and purpose. Stupendous! The greatest moment I've seen in Premier League football. Real coaches. Real talk. Unbelievable! Real growth. Now, welcome your host, Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Soccer Cap. Hope you guys have been enjoying the last few episodes that we have done. This week, we have another great star. Um, he's making an a impact in the Maryland area. He's currently the VP and Director of Operations at Maryland Bobcats FC, who are currently in the NISA. Um, NISA is the National Independent Soccer Association. Um, they're currently uh, sanctioned by U.S. Soccer as a third division of professional soccer here in the U.S. Pretty exciting stuff coming up. If you haven't checked them out, you need to do some more research on what's going on down there with NISA. But uh, thank you, Evan, for joining us. And say what's up to everybody. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I, I love doing this. I know me and you have talked a uh, pretty good amount before this, but um, no, I love coming on and talking to people that, that love soccer and, and, and kind of what, what we're doing at our club. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I mean, kind of just everyone listening, can you give a brief intro of, you know, where your playing career was, how you got involved in soccer, and then how you ended up at Maryland? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I've I played soccer since I was, uh, like three, I think my parents signed it when I was three or four. But um, it was my dad. Dad got me involved. Dad was my coach till I was nine. Um, you know, he wasn't that big of a player. I think he played like maybe a year or two in high school and didn't play in college. But he just loved the the game. Um, so you know, it's 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 been been a part of me. Like I'm sure a ton of people that are either going to be on this podcast or that you talk to or or that you know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, kind of a, a part of me from when, you know, my earliest m- m- memory, um, you know, from, from there joined a, a, a club team when, when my dad said that I was too good, that I was better than him, that he didn't want to coach, coach, coach me anymore. But, um, you know, it was kind of we- weird for, weird for youth soccer, especially now, but I was actually with the same youth club from when I was nine until I was 19. Um, yeah, so I never true loyalty right there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we had a group of, it had to have been 11, 12, maybe 13 guys that all were together from when we were nine to when we were, you know, 19, but, um, you know, played in high school, but that was, you know, uh, we, we didn't have that great of a team, but it was super fun to, to play with a, you know, different group of guys. And then, um, yeah, I, I played in college at Shippensburg, um, which is a, a small D2 school in South Central Pennsylvania, um, about 30, 40 minutes north of Gettysburg, um, was a goal goalkeeper. Um, started being a, a full time goalkeeper when I was fourteen or fifteen, um, and you know I like to think I was pretty good, but but uh, you know later in my playing career I found out I was not good. So you know <laughs> after I graduated, um, I thought I was going to be done. Right, thought I wasn't going to play anymore. I thought I'd be you know it'd been eighteen years of me playing you know roughly nonstop and. Um, I thought I was going to be tired and done. And um, a month after I graduated, it was like, damn, well, I want to play again. <laughs> so um, the Maryland Majors, which is kind of the, the Maryland State Amateur Men's League in, in Maryland, mm-hmm. um, on their website, they actually have a free agent page. Um, so I you know, moved to Baltimore, um, which, is, which is where the league was based out of, and put, you know, hey, I'm a goalkeeper. I played in college, like, if anyone needs a keeper, feel free to hit hit me up. And this kind of segues into how I got involved with the Bobcats. But um, our now owner, one of our now owners, um, was the first person to email me back. Um, his name's Jay. Um, Jay was the first person to email me back. And that, that was a little over four years ago. And that started this whole thing that's, you know, now four years later, I'm still here. And, like, who knows, right? If, if some other team, coach, player – would have emailed me back first. Like this, I could have been a very different route for, for me, for the club, for everything. But um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it was, it was a blast to play with that team. And um, I always said, when I, when I played, I was the 11th best guy on our team because the 10 mm-hmm. guys in front of me were, were way better than I was. I had no, no business being on the field field with those, with those guys. But um, yeah, that's actually how I ended up with this club. And, you know, we, we went through, um, 
two name changes in the, in a time since I joined, but um, it's always in the same club, same core group of people, and that's how I ended up here. And that's a it's a pretty cool journey, unique journey to get to where you're at right now. Um, I mean, literally, what are the odds, right? That yeah, just exactly, going to play exactly. in the, the the amateur league, joining as a free agent, has kind of led to yeah. a, a a new career shift, right? Um, so that yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So um, I. I know the Bobcats, you said they've gone through a couple name changes. So I know they were obviously now they were in that amateur league and they were in the UPSL and they, they were the national champions of the UPSL and now they're in the NISA. So the first year in the NISA, obviously COVID had a lot of restrictions on that, but what do you think the biggest challenge was kind of in making the move from, you know, one league to the other, from UPSL to the highest, or even from just regular amateur to a little bit more, organized semi-pro league like the UPSL yeah absolutely I think um you know I've been asked this a lot and 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 so I do have kind of an answer that I actually think is pretty accurate now so you know I I think one of the the hardest things for clubs especially at that level this level whatever you want to call it um or ones that are going from you know amateur to high level amateur or high level amateur to try to make the jump to pro um is there's a lot of a lot a ton of really, really good teams, right? Great players, great teams, win a ton, um, you know, and there's also a lot of teams that do really well on the, I call it like the front office side, the marketing, the PR, the jerseys, the tweeting, the videos, the pictures, right? All that. Yeah. There's not a lot of clubs that do both well. Um, and and that's the hard part, right, is, is getting both of those aspects right because, um, you know, uh, even going from an, I'm, what I'm going to call like a normal Sunday league, right, to mm-hmm. – um, you know, doing well in UPSL, NPSL, USL League Two, Nisa Nation when that kicks off. Um, you know, there's even a big jump going from that, right? Because costs go up, right? And mm-hmm. we were lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it, that our owners were willing to kind of front that burden as we were in amateur side because we definitely weren't bringing in barely any money as an yeah. amateur team. Um, you know, cost go up, goes up. Most of the cost is travel costs, right? Instead of everyone playing at the same field in Baltimore every Sunday, you're, you know, maybe driving two, three, four hours, maybe an overnight, depending where in the country you are. Um, and all that adds up, right? Um, you know, you have your league fees, which uh, people like to like to talk bad about league fees, but how else is the league supposed to run, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and that's where I think the, the, the biggest jump is, is, combining the off and on the field part and being successful in both. I'm not saying you have to be the best team in the country on the field and, you know, have the best off the field, tons of good marketing, great merch, great outreach. I'm not saying that, but there's definitely a balance between the two. Um, And then, you know, kind of to piggyback off of that, um, like I said, we were really, really lucky that that the people we had in our ownership group were willing to support and, and, and help the club. Um, when, you know, there was zero chance of them making any money, right? It's not like yeah. they're going to put in this money and they know they're going to make this money back. It was, we're going to put in this money, never going to see it again, but we want to build this up. We want to give these players a chance. We want to do something that's bigger than ourselves. Um, and we we're, again, super, you know, grateful and, and lucky that our owners were able to do that. And, you know, for at least two years before we made the jump to Nisa, which, you know, we haven't even kicked the ball technically in, Nisa yet um that's coming in about two weeks but um we as a club right and this again amateur team it's not as much front office players it's kind of your players all your front office kind of thing um we were carrying ourselves expecting ourselves whatever you want to call it to be as professional as possible um from how we train to when we want guys to show up to how we travel to um you know how we want guys to to act on social media and in their lives right like mm-hmm. um we and- wanted to act as professionally as possible no matter what level we were playing at and again i think that that helped right i i think that that helped prep us and make that jump maybe not as hard but again with 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 that came an investment from ownership and and buy-in from from the players and the staff and and my myself that you know, no matter what we're going to do, no matter who we play, no matter where we're going, what league, whatever, we're going to hold ourselves to the highest standards. Um, and again, that's that kind of ties into the on and off the field thing. But um, I, I really do think that both of those kind of playing in tandem is, is, is the biggest deal. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on because I think, like you just said, you held the, you set the standards, you held them even though you were semi-pro team or an amateur team, whatever you may want to call it. Um, and I guess a lot of youth clubs kind of face that scenario too, right? Mm-hmm. Where if they're not attached to a professional team, they kind of fight that stigma of setting those standards and how you're going to get the players and parents to buy in. So I guess, did you have bumps along the way? You're like, how did you guys handle it when a player was like, oh, this is just a semi-pro league. Like, what do you guys expect this? Like, how did you go about that process to create that culture? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's hard, right? Especially when you're not paying guys, especially when, when practices are at 9 o'clock at night, especially when, you know, guys are giving up free weekends to go travel to North Carolina for a game, right? That's, that's really hard. Um, and on the flip side of wanting to be as professional as possible and kind of expecting and demanding the most out of these guys, it's also understanding they do have lives. They do have jobs. They have kids, girlfriends, wives, uh, responsibilities outside of this team. Um, we're not paying them, you know, 100K a year to come and play with us, uh, especially, you know, when, when we were an amateur team. And it's finding that balance, right? It's, it's being open and honest with the players and, and staff and what we expect, but also them knowing, look, if, if you're, if, if you got to work and you can't make practice, tell us, right. That's what we always preach communication, right? If, if we know we can plan, we can work around it. We can help each other out. If it's, you don't, if you just don't show up or you, you flip flop, you know, at the last second, that's where there's problems. And so, you know, I, I think that our, our ownership um, and myself, uh, you know, since I've kind of moved out of the playing role into the front front office, um, have done a really good job at that. Of, of look, we understand, we we get it. Just talk to us, right? Com- communicate what you're thinking, feeling, what you got going on. We will work work around it. But um, yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. Um, uh, I think we were lucky that that the kind of group of guys that we had, the group of guys um, and the kind of players they were a lot of them saw the longer-term goal, right? It wasn't like this game, this practice, this season. It was, hey, you know what? Our owners are talking about going pro someday, somehow. No one knows when it's going to come, but I can be a part of that. I can either make that pro roster or say, hey, I was the reason that, you know, our club was able to go pro. Um, And so a lot of the guys did buy in and, and, you know, came to training two, three days a week as an amateur club or, you know, would give up their free, you know, Friday and Saturday nights to – drive in a van down to North Carolina and, 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 and turn around and come home. Um, and again, it's not, it's not necessarily easy. Um, but I, I think it's what you got to do to kind of even on an amateur level to get people to, to buy in and, and, and to be as, um, su- successful as, as you can. And yeah, uh, you know, there was definitely some, some bumps, some guys that didn't buy in some guys that we knew were really, really good players and probably would start every game that, um, you know, are no longer with the club or or guys that we thought, hey, look, like, and I'm kind of getting into our pro roster now, but, you know, uh, we think that there's a lot, you know, you can play on a reserve team that we can work with you to develop you in a year or two. You can earn that pro contract um, that, you know, they wanted the pro con- contract or didn't want to be a part of it, which, uh, you know, that's totally fine, right? We're not here to hold guys hostage. We're not here to to say it's our way or the highway it's it's what you know we think is best for the club and what what they think is best for them but yeah it's it's a tough balancing act especially as an amateur team to uh to to get that buy-in to to act that way but then also um to understand that look guys have lives like this is not how they're making their living this is not how they're feeding their families is right um but again i think we got really lucky with with the guys that we had you know brought in over the last two or three years that um really bought in and and wanted to see the club do well no matter where we were playing yeah and i think that's important just like you said even if they weren't aren't a part of the pro side now they laid the foundation down you know all those guys for all those years that constantly showed up constantly were there with no pay they're the reason why maryland are a professional side now and it's absolutely it's hard to find that in soccer nowadays or just in general, right? Everyone wants to be a part of the finished product. Everyone wants to work for Apple once they're Apple. No one wants to yeah. work for, for them when they're working out of the garage, right? Um, exactly. yeah. It's always It always takes a leap of faith. And uh, and I think that's the 
problem and it's, it's something our society has dealt with with you know social media nowadays you know the instant gratification um even yep. amazon right you order something off of amazon <laughs> it's here in a day or two you know so hours, yeah <laughs> with the drones it's gonna be sooner but um exactly. i think we've got an instant gratification i think we we're losing that lack of long-term vision right okay so yep. maybe i'm starting here today but it's not for right here now it's for four or five years down the road um and right. i think that's awesome that those players have built that foundation and obviously congratulations to them congratulations to you guys as a club to finally reaching that first objective i'm gonna say because i'm pretty sure you guys have a lot sure. more objectives as a professional <laughs> club now um just getting to the professional yeah. level was a huge accomplishment so congrats um and i kind of wanted if those for those of you guys listening evan is a very very young vp um, Evan, <laughs> for everybody listening, can you tell them how old you are? Yeah, I'm 26. 26. <laughs> he's, he's one year older than <laughs> I, um, and he's running. He's a VP of a, a professional club in the third division, so that's awesome. So I kind of want to ask you, because I've kind of gone through this too as a director of coaching or yeah. as a head coach of the UPSL. What, how do you do it to kind of you know convey – to the players that you're the real deal that you're here you know your stuff um and how do you get them a buy-in when maybe some of those players are even older than yourself yeah i mean i would say um of our pro i'm gonna say our pro team right so everyone involved from ownership to technical director head coach assistant coach goalie coach all players i'm probably in the bottom third maybe 40 percent of age um and look like it, it is a weird uh, not weird it's not a weird but it's a unique uh, situation, a unique kind of relationship, but kind of like I said earlier, like, you know, I've been involved for four years and, 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 you know, of our roster of, I think we have, let's just say 30 guys, 22 to 24 of them have been around for at least a year and a half, if not more. Right. So I've gotten to know these guys uh, from amateur up, up till now, you know, some of the guys that I've been with now for the last four, four, four years and I played with, right. Um, because like I say, I had no business being on the field filled with any of them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it's definitely, you know, I have to give um, our ownership a lot of credit for uh, kind of giving me the keys to the club and saying, Hey, here, you can run it. You know, uh, whether we do well or terribly, it's going to be you. Um, and, you know, that takes a lot of guts to give, you know, a 26 year old with, not any real experience running a club like this at any level, uh, the keys and saying, yeah, here, go, go, go do it. Um, I, I like to think it was, it was a culmination of what they've seen the last four years out of me and, and, and how much I, I love the project and, and, and have put in towards the project and what I've been able to build so far. Um, but yeah, look, it's it, for me. Um, I think this club is, family first right um sure it's my job now it's my full-time job now um and sure you know it's 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 kind of a lot more high stakes because we are pro now um but at the same time i want to be as open and honest with our staff with our players as i can be as if i was still a player with them as if i was their friend outside right um you know kind of getting back to making that jump and and guys you know having the groundwork you know it sucks because there is a lot of guys that put in years and, and, you know, tens, hundreds of games for the club that are no longer involved from a playing, playing standpoint. Um, and that's hard, right? Those are those kind of hard decisions, those hard conversations that you have to have. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, we don't ever want to cut guys loose and say, oh, you can't play for us. We don't want to ever talk to you again. Like we want to find maybe, you know, they can play with our reserve team. Hell, they can go play with an, another team right but if they are interested in in management in coaching in ticket sales in whatever we can kind of find a position to help them you know to help them be able to develop off the field that's what we want to do and um you know it's it's talking to you know the 32 year old players and the the you know our, our head coach that we we just um hired coach sam um you know he coached nigerian women's national team in a world cup and now i'm you know technically if you want to say this like his boss and it's it's me giving him the respect that he deserves has earned as you know an incredibly licensed and incredibly smart passionate coach 
to, to work with him, right? And give him the tools that he needs to be successful, right? That's kind of what I see my job as is how can I give everyone in, in our club um, the tools and the pieces they need to be successful, whether that's getting fields, um, whether that's, you know, having, getting the players the right gear, whether that's making sure our travel's done, whether that's, you know, answering the coaches' questions or, or, or getting them the stuff that they need. It's, it's how can I put our club in the best possible place to, to, to succeed. And um, I like to think that the players and staff have, have seen that. And that's, you know, that's kind of where our relationship has grown to where, um, look, they're, I mean, you know, it's a team, it's a sport. Everyone's not going to be happy with everything. I'm not going to be happy with it, with everything, but it's working on the things that people aren't happy with um, in the best way possible so that everyone feels like, you know, everyone wants to be the star. Everyone wants to start. I, hell, I, I, I get it. Um, and it, it's making sure that, one, we're building a, a team and a roster that can work together. Uh, but two, you know, again, kind of getting back to even when we're am- amateurs, like making sure that our players and staff know that they're people and not just players, not just coaches, right? They're, they're people off the field. And, and, and look, like um, that's another thing I think from the top down, from our ownership down, they want to make sure these guys are good off the field, right? If, if they're not good off the field, they're not going to perform well on the field. So let's, it's been a wild journey. Like, um, you know, I was basically working two, two, two jobs for a little over two and a half years of, you know, my real job during the day and soccer in the morning at night, weekends, when, whenever I could. And um, yeah, so to finally have this be my full-time job, my career, um, you know, it's not work, right? It's, it's soccer. So, so it's not, not work anymore. I think you're incredibly modest with the, you said, uh, you know, they're giving the key to a 26 year old with you to quote you a little bit less experience, but I think you're modest because you, you started getting involved with the club at 22, right? So you've been in the club for four years. So I think, yeah, maybe on paper, but you have the experience running the club for those past four years, being involved with them. And they, like you said, They've seen what you can do. They've seen that you're capable of doing it. And so I think you're a little bit modest in the sense like they, they, they know what you can do and they've seen it and you've helped them get to this point. So I think uh, you've earned that slot. So definitely take yeah, that. No, well, yeah, no, thank you. And, and I think, you know, I think that's a microcosm of, of what this club's about and what the kind of, um, you know, atmosphere we have, right? It's about giving people chances that deserve those chances, whether it's, me, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, um, you know, uh, all, all except there's a one exception, except our goalkeeper coach, um, are pe- people of color and our goalkeeper coach is Hispanic. So like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's giving people club. chances that, yeah, it's, it's people giving people chances that in my opinion, they should have had way more chances to, to do that. But, for whatever reason, uh, whatever reason, right? They, they, they haven't gotten that chance, but it's, it's, that's kind of what this club is built on. Is let's take guys that can play, that can coach, that can do whatever they're doing for the club and give them a shot. And, and, you know, nine times out of 10, it worked out for the best because, um, these guys can ball, these guys can coach. Um, and you know, it's, it's just kind of, uh, of what our ownership and, and what the club is kind of built around and, and on. Yeah, and I think that's pretty cool, um, giving opportunities to people who may not always get it, right? Um, I think that's a pretty good opportunity in itself. And I, I you mentioned it's more about the, the people behind the position, behind the player, right? And I know me and Rod were talking last week about it um, on the last podcast, but the New Zealand All Blacks, you know, better people make better All Blacks. And that's exactly yeah. what it is. Is It may not be the most talented person. But if they're a good, you know, good player or a good coach and a good person, then that's going to, you know, move the club in the right direction. I think a lot of times, Absolutely. even in the professional game, right, at the highest level in the EPL and La Liga, we've seen, you know, players with big old egos that have pretty much wrecked a club. Um, and they need to kind of understand that you can't put the player above the club, but also you can't just ignore the, the person behind the player. So kind of managing, and I think that's kind of the, the biggest aspect of, being in the you know elite levels is being able to manage you know the the players the coaching staff and everyone that's involved um so that's pretty cool i know you guys probably had a wide range of professional opportunities or or thought process kind of going into it so 
NISA is still a relatively new league, um, but I'm kind of yeah. curious to hear you guys' thought process. Why NISA over USL Championship or USL League One or, or any other league that's out there? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, this is something that I, I personally feel pretty strong on. So take this with, like, you know, maybe 35%, 40% me talking to the club and the rest talking for myself. Um, but, you know, it was it was very clear to me that, that pretty much on day one of talking to NISA um, that they they're trying to build or do, however you want to say it, soccer differently in this country um you know they're trying to in my opinion do it the right way not saying that there is one right way but they had in my opinion the most amount of things that i how i thought soccer should be ran thought about the ideals behind soccer um and what they're trying to do in, in this country and um you know they're very much uh you know let's open the game up let's get as many players coaches teams you know uh, there's a high school football field in every small you know population 300 town in this country why can't there be some level of a soccer club at every, every town in this country um again doesn't have to be a mls team doesn't have to you know be selling out 35,000 seats a game let's get 100 people out and cheer on you know people from their town playing against the next town over right and 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 i think that's how we develop better players in this country and and nisa's for that right they they've said they want to put a team in every town town in the country and um they you know being able to to have that kind of openness and and is it going to happen overnight absolutely not um is it going to happen with the right people involved and 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 the right investment and and the right you know uh people kind of with that charge absolutely it could um and you know again with our talk to misa um you know a big thing for us is we're our own club, right? We're, we we, we want to do things our way, right or wrong, right? Whether it, it goes fantastically well or or we fail, uh, not necessarily 100% fail, but, you know, something we decide doesn't go well. I want that to be our doing, right? I don't want there to be – I want it to be, hey, we're going to run our club and, and that's going to determine the fate of the club. Um, and, and with NISA, that's exactly what it is. I mean, the, the I is independent, right? The I in NISA is – independent and so you know every club is independent right how how we do things isn't necessarily how detroit city or la force or whoever does things right um sure you know i the, the people in in nisa the the other clubs um the kind of other people maybe doing similar jobs on the other clubs have been great in in, in trying in, in helping and you know sending me an email as soon as you we were kind of uh, in nisa for lack of a better term of offering their you know time and energy to sit down with me and ask questions um because like you said nisa is still young right it's it's very young um and there aren't a ton of teams still um but you know it's it's that kind of rising tide lifts all, all ships that um you know i think and this is obviously even before we got into nisa that i didn't know but now being in it um, that everyone really is trying to, you know, uh, they're trying to win, obviously, and, and, and make money and make it so that they can be around the next next year. Um, but it, it's how can we, you know, have an effect on soccer in this country. And, um, you know, Nisa, uh, there was also other re- reasons why, right? So um, some of my favorite games in the world, right, are teams from the same area, same city, across the street. I'm in Everton fan, you can see, I'm not even going to say their name, across the park, um, right from their stadium. And in Nisa, that's possible, right? We could have a team 10 minutes set down the road um, pop up to- tomorrow. Um, and personally, that's great. We don't have to travel. We don't have to rent a set hotel rooms. We don't have to fly. That's, you know, our fans can go see the game. Um, and with Nisa, there's no right to territories, right? It's, it's only... You know, it's you have to meet the criteria base for U.S. soccer. That's something that NISA can't change. But um, and you know, there is a, a, a process to, to become a member. It's not just like a you sign up and, and you're in. But at the same time, they want, like I said earlier, they want uh, as many teams as, as possible to kind of be be there, right? They want to have those rivalries. They don't, 
you know, as uh, you know, I'll, I'll use like a DC United and the Red Red Bulls, good rivalry, four hour trip, right? Mm-hmm. Why not have a DC and the Bobcats, right? I mean, that would be a half an hour, forty five minutes, right? Um, fans can a lot more easily go go between the two. It, it you can you can build up those games, get the community involved, um, uh, you know. So that's a big one, and then also you know, there's no ex- expansion fees. Um, we're not paying millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars right off the bat to join a league. Are there fees? Of course there are. Like I said earlier with the amateur leagues, um, and, and this is probably way going to segue into a different topic, but for, for me it's the same thing as people that say that youth soccer should be free. I agree. I 100% agree. It's how you do it that no one seems to have an answer for yet. Right? And and that's the same with league fees. The, the league as a league to coordinate and, and, and schedule and have the people that work for the league that helps the clubs out massively, there needs to be funding behind it. And, mm-hmm. and sure there's league fees, but it's also independent clubs coming together that, that are, are, are individually owned, operated completely independent of each other. Um, that, you know, if the league does well, that means all the other teams, teams do well. And there's, there's, there's a direct, correlation between you know potential tv deal money or or league-wide sponsors and, and that if you know we can get get enough good teams um that that could have an impact on on us and um you know it's 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 like i said at the kind of start of this answer um i i think nisa has the chance because i don't you know there, it's a long way away still um and we're i mean we're in it and it's a, it's a long way away of changing how people at least think about soccer in this country, mm-hmm. right? Whether in 30 years, if Nice is going to be there or not, I, I hope it is. And I hope there's, you know, a hundred teams and five divisions and there's pro rel. Um, that's something I hope and, and think is possible. But um, I, I think at the very least, Nice is going to change how people think about soccer and what is possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in With soccer in this country. I, I, there's a lot, a lot of different <laughs> questions that come up with uh, that, that little uh, rant about Nisa. I think it's very, very good, and very informative for our listeners that don't haven't heard of Nisa about to, uh, until today, yep. right? Um, but one of the main things is just like your club, how those players set the foundations to be able to build that club into a professional organization. You guys are joining Nisa with that long term vision. You guys are saying, "Hey, you guys are new." But we like what you're doing. We like the objectives. And we want to be here to kind of set that foundation for the next uh, coming years. And I think that's awesome. Uh, you kind of mentioned kind of having the local derbies, right? Uh, I think yep. that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, me being an LA Galaxy fan, um, LAFC is uh, close enough. Uh, um, and it's definitely produced a great rivalry. Um, and sure. I think those are some of the most tuned uh, tuned in games across the nation. So, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe LA Force uh, jumps in the mix, right? Um, maybe yeah. a couple other NPSL, UPSL teams that are down in LA kind of yeah. comes up. Um, I think it is true. We watch sports and rivalry is a big spot, part of sports, right? You want Absolutely. that team that you're going to go against, you know, multiple times, your, your noisy neighbor, you want to be able to beat them. So I think that's cool that what that's what Nisa's trying to do. But just like you said, dude, you brought up the million dollar question. Should, <laughs> should soccer be free? Yes. How do, you, how do you fix it? How do you fix it? Right. That's what people don't understand is like, okay, cool. Like myself, I'm a full-time coach, full-time in soccer. Yep. Cool. How, how are you going to pay me if I if I can't do it, you know, if you're not yep. going to charge the kids? Unfortunately, we don't have, and that's what Nisa's changing, right? Solidarity payments. Yep. Um, yep. And for those of you guys that don't know, solidarity payments is basically when a youth club or a club produces a professional player, they get a kickback just like they have in Europe, a percentage of those transfer fees, all those fees. And that's how youth clubs in Europe are able to go for free. We don't have that here in the U.S. yet. Um, but that's why I tell people, how do you pay these, you know, and – for lack of a better term, professional guys, right? Even in youth soccer, these coaches are professional coaches if they're doing it full-time. How do you pay these full-time directors if you're not going to charge them? Uh, If you don't charge them, then they have to go work another job. Then the kids aren't developing as much because they can't do the full, uh, you know, give them full attention. So it's a million-dollar question. And I I guess since we're already there, dude, what are your thoughts about the U.S. not qualifying on the uh, uh, U.S. Olympics? I mean, come on. We're already here. Let's talk about it. Yeah, um, you know, let, let me touch on the, the youth thing first. Look, um, I agree, right? Like, 
uh, I think that coaches like yourself, like the coaches that we have um, in our youth club, in you know, youth clubs around the country, right? They should be compensated for their time, energy, expertise, right? All that. And, and you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of people that, yeah, I see on Twitter every day is, is, oh, why isn't it free? All these youth clubs charging so much money. You know, do I think there's, there's a point where it gets to be a little much? Sure, of course I do. At the same time, you're right. Fields cost money. Refs cost money. Leagues cost money. Coaches cost money. Uniforms cost money. I, I don't know. Separate from solidarity payments, which I'm 100% for, and that's another checkbox for NISA that they publicly came out and said that they are for, they want to make it happen. Um, you know, it, and look, I'm not going to lie and say that it, that's in, in our long-term plans as a club, right? Is, is hopefully whenever this comes is we can develop, you know, one player and it doesn't have to be that much money that they get bought for, but you know, that will fund our youth program for however many years, right? Small clubs in Brazil, Argentina, well, Ireland, Africa, where, you know, they're trying to find that one player every, you know, six, eight, ten years, that one player that they can develop, sell, get to sell on fees down the line that will pay them for their entire academy for that next one player. And so then, yes, they don't have to charge kids because you know what? There's a, I, mean, I say easy in terms of the concept, but there's a relatively easy way to get that paid for. Um, and, and that's where, you know, uh, I think that, that the disconnect is, is, is uh, and look, there are, I know that there's qualified coaches, um, great coaches, smart coaches, um, that will do it for free. Great. That's like good for them. Like, that's fantastic. But at the same time, I think they should be paid, right? Whether they're willing to be paid or not, it's a, should they be? And I think absolutely they should. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, let's segue into the second part of this. Look, I don't pretend to know, have any of the answers. I don't pretend to, to be this all-knowing guy because I am the opposite of that. Um, but I think that that player development, that, um, uh, you know, lack of solidarity payments is maybe a reason that our men's national team has lagged behind a bit, right? It's because, um, you know, we're artificially or, or not artificially kind of weeding out lower income players that, uh, you know, I know there's ballers in, in there that can't pay for a club team, can't, you know, don't get seen by XYZ team, don't go to college or get seen by scouts, whatever way they want to go and drop out and, and can't play. Right. Um, and I think that that's, that's hindered, um, you know, potentially hindered the, the growth or, or as much growth of the men's program as it has. And, and, you know, one thing that, uh, to get into the Olympic qualifying, um, that, you know, I'm a huge U.S. fan. Let me just mm -hmm. put that out there. Like, uh, my, my single greatest enjoyment in life, well, <laughs> before the game was always enjoyment, <laughs> after may, maybe different, is supporting the U.S. men and women's team. I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, being at a national team game, you know, I can like whatever club team, you can like whatever club team. There can be 800 different people that like different club teams, but you know, everyone's behind the same country and, and, and wants to see that team do well. And, and, you know, it's, it's my, if, if I had to pick one team to, to follow, it, it would be, well, I guess I would say two, but the men, men and women, um, you know, I, I think that this, that U23 group in particular, um, and, and maybe even the senior men's team too, there isn't, at least I don't get the feeling that there was like a, a Clint Dempsey, a Jermaine Jones, that kind of gritty, you know, uh, don't take shit from anyone. We'll mm -hmm. get in your face. We'll uh, scratch, claw, bite, whatever it takes to get that goal, get the shutout, get the win. There has never seemed anyone that wanted to like grab the game and, and boss it and, and, and do whatever they had to do to win. Right. And um, that's where I think potentially that it, filters down to the youth system, right? 
is you can coach kids all you want on um, tactics, on being technical, how to how to you know think the game, but there's that kind of innate uh, attitude, that mm-hmm. grittiness, that uh, it can be developed, but you have to have it first, right? Yeah. And and again, I don't want to blame it all on having to pay to play youth soccer, but you know when you pay to be on teams and, and pay to play it could have the effect that, okay, look, like, you're in it because you can pay. Sure, you may be a good player, but there could be an even better player that, that can't pay and, and can't, you know, make make that jump to that team. Um, and so that kind of grittiness to, to prove yourself or, or, again, do whatever it takes isn't there. Um, and that's, again, where that kind of free academy, right? If it's free and they really are only going to pick the one, two best players in your age group, like, you got to fight, claw, scratch, whatever you got to do to get there. But whether you're a, a back, a goalie, a forward, right, you got to do what you got to do to stand out and to make sure that you're the most impactful player to, you know, make the U23 team, the re- reserve team, and hopefully the the, 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 the first team. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that was a really disappointing game. And, again, I, I think the biggest thing for me was, like, I didn't really ever see that grittiness, that yeah. attitude of, this is going to be pretty, but let's just go and win it. Dude, that's... Right? And, and, and I can't – I'm a goalie, so, I, you know, Cho's mistake, okay. Like, I always say goalkeepers, he had nine saves in the first game. Mm-hmm. You can have 100 saves, 100 saves. If you mess up once, you, you, your team will lose 1-0 and you will get the blame. Oh, 100%. Don't, you know, don't think about the, the defender that let the ball bounce over his head 12 times, the forward that missed 10 shots. No, it's always the goalkeeper. And yeah. was that a big mistake? Of course it was. But that being said, the team didn't respond. The team didn't, um, you know, uh, again, kind of grab the game and do whatever it took to, to get that second goal. Um, there was a lot of missed chances, especially that last 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, a lot of missed, missed chances that, again, I think uh, Clint Dempsey, I understand different, you know, apples, oranges maybe, but that he finds a way to put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of different reasons why why that happened. It's kind of funny that you mentioned I was a goalkeeper too. So my dad always told me, as a goalkeeper, you got to make the saves you should make, and the spectacular ones will come. And yep. that's kind of exactly what happened with the the foot, right? It's you're right. Yeah. If you make one mistake, you're, you're going to be eaten alive. Um, yep. And the thing is, as goalkeepers, I think a lot of goalkeepers nowadays are looking for the spectacular rather than the consensus yeah. <laughs> saves, right? You see, like, big-time saves, but then they let some easy ones go in, and that's yep. what I always tell people. When I'm looking for a starting goalkeeper, I don't care if he's going to pull out the spectacular saves all the time. Those are, like, you know, once in a while. Yep. But can he make the saves that he should make, right? The ones right. that are in his range, the ones that we expect. And then when you're making those consistent saves, you're going to make the spectacular saves. But exactly. kind of going off, I'm going to play, like, I, I agree with you 100% on the – um we've lost kind of that American grit that we used to have um, that, like you said, it may not be pretty, but we're going to go after it. I a hundred percent agree that we should be trying to play a beautiful style of soccer. And I I think the senior national team and the U 23 are are attempting it, but then at the same time, we need to go away from it at times. Right. If it's not producing anything, lump a ball forward, go after it, get it in the area. Let's see what's going to happen. And of course it's different, right? If you're coaching a U 10 team, you're not telling your team to lump it forward. That's a different (laughs) story, but at times, you know, these national teams, they got to win. They're they're recruiting the all-star t- players is really what it is. You're there to win as a coach. So you don't win, yeah. it's an embarrassment. I mean, it's disappointing, right? Yeah. So I, I agree. We're missing that little bit of grit. And I agree with what you said about pay-to-play. But there's also playing a little bit of devil's, devil's advocate. <laughs> I've seen players also not commit because you give them too much stuff for free. Right. Because I worked with a lot of clubs that we offer scholarships for players that are good, you know, and they can't afford it. But a lot of times you don't see the commitment level there because they're kind of like, oh, well, I get I get it for free. I don't have to go, you know. So but I do get your point at the same time. So it's kind of like I guess there's never going to be a perfect solution. Right. Because everyone likes to think that everyone likes (laughs) to think that England, Spain has it all figured out. And then when I talked to coaches from over there, I said, are there talents that slip through the cracks? Oh, 100%. Okay, Absolutely. so these 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 nations that produce a lot of the best, there's still talent that isn't going to be found. And it's hard, especially a nation of the size of the U.S. How big it is. Exactly. exactly. How are yep. you expected, unless you have a scout in every single city 
And yeah. I mean, multiple scouts to kind of run around yeah. every single weekend at a park. It's, it's difficult. Even for me as a, or when I used to be a club director here, it's, it's hard to find every single talent that there is because yep. there's so many different teams. There's, there's players that aren't even on a team, you know, there's players exactly. that, you know, so it's definitely a lot harder than everyone makes it seem like everyone thinks you get rid of the pay to play model. And all of a sudden we're going to win all the world cups in the world. And it's like, no, <laughs> there's, there's European countries that don't have the pay to play model and, you know, exactly. they still yeah. struggle. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Like you said, in the CONCACAF, we're a little bit more of a, you got to fight. You got to fight when you're playing. Yep. You know what I mean? That yep. that beautiful European soccer, I, I love it. But I don't think it works here as much, especially during qualifying in a short tournament. Absolutely. And like, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I, okay. Getting back to the first point, <laughs> I, I do think you're right. Look, I think that no matter what the solution is, whether it's everyone pays 10 grand a year or everyone pays zero dollars a year, there's going to be players that don't get it, right? Good players that, that don't put in the commitment time, whatever it may be, that are good players. And, yeah, that, that, that's just going to be a product of, of being a sport, right? Of, mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of, of a sport where, where people have to kind of take it upon themselves to, you know, give their best every day. And, yeah, I, I don't think all the men in pay-for-play will – solve every problem and i i don't think there is ever going to be there's always going to be something wrong right there's always going to be something yeah um but but yeah no i i think that and i don't like the the argument that oh our best athletes play football they play basketball (laughs) like i we also have enough people in this country that it shouldn't really matter it's not you know we're (laughs) how many hundreds of millions of people we can find 22 guys that are really good at soccer uh like yeah i i don't think I, I don't like that argument um you the oh if lebron james played soccer we what if he's not good at soccer yeah like he's only good at, what if he's only good at basketball yeah um i actually use that yeah, counter argument I, I say yeah you know i played soccer my whole life but what about if i had played baseball maybe i would have been exactly. way better in baseball we just never exactly. know right yeah, but what, i i agree yeah. that argument is kind of blown out of proportion yeah and i think what you said about CONCACAF too, like you, there's 90% of games you cannot win pretty, especially not at home. If we're in Trinidad, in Jamaica, in Mexico, and wherever we are, they're going to make sure you don't win pretty. You're going to have to win ugly. And again, that's where that kind of mentality comes in. And I think, again, I'm not in camp and I couldn't, you know, I, I will, will never have never maybe, maybe dreamt about being as good as those U23 guys out there. But I still think that maybe there was a little bit from from the federation to the coaches to the players, like a, all we got to do is make the final. Like that, that's that's easy. We don't have to win it. We just have to make the final and, mm-hmm. and we qualify. Um, and maybe it was the same thing with the Trinidad and Tobago game. You know, when when we lost and, and didn't qualify for the World Cup, that it was kind of an assumption that oh, we're the U.S. We're going to qualify. Like we can just walk in and half-ass play and 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 you know. We'll get a bounce here, there, and 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 we'll win. Um, again, I don't know if that happened. I'm not in camp. I'm not talking to these guys. I don't talk to the coaching staff. I don't know what was said. Um, but you know, I, I also think the kind of you know bad teams get scored on before half and right after half. And the U.S. did both. Mm-hmm. They got scored on in extra time of the first half and within what five minutes of the second half. So like that five minute stretch, you know, arguably the most dangerous time other than what maybe the first couple minutes, but I would argue you got the whole game to get that goal back. If you get scored in the first couple minutes, they got scored on both of them. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, a, I think it's a mentality thing. I also think there just wasn't enough creative play in that team. Like the guys that they picked to bring into camp, I don't think there was enough creativity to get them out of, you know, if plan A wasn't working, they need a guy that can, be creative, make something happen, and, you know, plan 1B or 2C or whatever it is that we didn't necessarily have the playmakers to get them out of that either. Yeah, missing a Landon Donovan. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Captain America, yeah. huh? Yeah. Um, or even, you know, I love uh, Jeremy Bobasi. Um He didn't get called in for, the, you know, the, the qualifying. Um, I, I think he could have made a big, big difference on – how those games were played, right? Even in the Mexico game, I think he could have, 
you know, drawn some fouls, got, you know, been able to hold the ball. And, you know, we get a foul close to the box, we put a ball in, score, win, tie, what, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I think that there wasn't enough creativity in the mid midfield. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Obviously, we can go and dissect that game <laughs> all, all day long and, and still not have the perfect solution. Um, yeah. I, I do think it may be a without saying too much uh too bad i think it may be a coaching aspect as well um because yep. there is talent there um we can't sure. that's that's what Absolutely. i i got upset about on twitter you know everyone i i don't respond to anybody but everybody on twitter is talking about you got to change the whole system da, 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 da. and you're like yep. all right but there's talent the senior yeah. national team has some of the most talent i'm not saying like we're winning the best but the most talent that they've ever seen so you can't say yep. One, we're producing talent at the senior national team, and there's still talent in that U23. But I, sure. I do think there there's something else wrong. But um, kind of going back to Maryland, Maryland Bobcats. What are yeah. you guys kind of doing to kind of help the youth game? Like, what what's it look like? Um, I know you're rolling out kind of you guys full academy. So what's that look like, and what what differences are you guys going to make to kind of try to help the well the senior national team hopefully one day? Yeah, ho- hopefully. Yeah, no. Um... But yeah, so our, our youth program is 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 small, especially for the youth soccer landscape um, right now. We only have four four full time teams, um, and you know what I always, for lack of a better term, pitch to people that that ask you know what's different, right? Look, there's in Maryland alone, there is tons and tons and tons of great clubs, and within all those clubs. There's fantastic teams, fantastic players, coaches, um, you know, is we, you can come play for us. You can, you can get coached, play better, develop. You have a realistic shot. Again, not making millions and millions of dollars yet, yet. Um, Realistic shot to sign a professional contract, play professional soccer, in your home state, in front of your family, friends, you know, potentially in your back backyard, right? We have a, a lot of guys that are with from within half hour of the, where where we play our games. Um, you know, is it? I look. I like to be honest. Is it worth it for a lot of kids to maybe sign a pro contract with us instead of playing in college? I don't know. I I, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe in two, four, six years. You know, it will be. Um, and maybe it is now, right? Maybe. And again, we, we know we're not the highest level of soccer in the country, in the world, right? We want players, guys, um, to come with us, uh, develop, get better, ball out. A, a big club comes calling. Great. Yeah. Like we're, we, we don't want to handcuff guys that you must play for the Bobcats forever. This is, you know, the best soccer, this is the best club in the world. I mean, best club in the world. Absolutely. But, um, look, we, we know there's better, bigger clubs out there, and that's what we want to help guys get to. I want our guys to go sign MLS contracts, to go overseas in, in Europe, anywhere, and continue to develop, get better, you know, get paid way more money, right, and, and, and make tons of money playing soccer. Um, and so for our, our youth, right, like we've had in the last – we actually launched our youth club last fall. Um, so it's been, you know, less than eight months that we've had a youth club. Um, we've already had five youth players train with our first team, mm-hmm. including um, a kid actually from our U18 team right now made our re- reserve team. Um, so he's on the reserve team roster. He's training with men, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, playing in games against men. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, he could never play for our first team. He could, you know, never play soccer after he's done being 21. But if he does, hopefully that helps him develop, right? Being able to, to play against guys older, bigger, faster, stronger, been around the game more, be coached by people that have been around the game more, right? Um, and and look, like, you know, we do the same thing, right? We have uh, scholarships, sponsorships, what, what, however you want to call it for players that, you know, we know are good players that we think um, can help our youth teams, but, you know, but, but, but they can't pay. And, um, you know, uh, we have a partner in, in Hummel that's, that's great with that and actually help us with, with that too. 
um, which, which is awesome. Um, so, you know, it's, it's finding that right balance of player development, but, but on top of that, um, we also know that, you know, one tenth of 1% of the players we ever even see are going to sign a pro con- contract with us or anywhere else. Right. And so yeah. how can we, how can we make sure these kids love soccer? Like I love soccer for the rest of their lives. How can we make sure that they're set up for their office job, being a doctor, being what, whatever they want to do. And, um, you know, in particular, um, one of our youth coaches, Alex Cow, who's actually also a player on our first team, um, he does a great job with his. He has a U. Are you sixteen now? Oh five. What does that make them? U sixteen? Yeah. Uh, Whatever they are. I just go by yeah. year. Yeah. Oh yeah. five. So they're they're oh oh five, and and he does a great job. You know, he works them hard. He get, gets on them in training, but they also, I mean, more so during COVID, we had to do this. But you know, hop on Zoom and read, for lack of a better term, you know, self-help books and how can we become better people off the field? How can we, you know, uh, be better to our family? How can we think more critically? Um, so he's, sure, de- developing players and, and coaching kids and making sure they can play well on the field, but he's also helping them see the bigger picture in, in, in life and, and what they're trying to build. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, they've made leaps and bounds over the last year. Of, of being a team. And I think that's a big part of why is one Alex is coaching um, what he's been able to do with them, but, but two, how he's treating them kind of away from soccer, right. And sure it all ties back into soccer and in the team, but it's, it's, it's setting them up for, for, for life and to make sure that if, and when they stop playing soccer, hopefully they still like watching it and will be, be, be fans, but also that they'll just be good people, right. Be good people out, out of the game and, you know, when they're 45, say, yeah, when I was 15, you know, I, I played for the Bobcats and, and now, you know, I learned this, this, this from Coach Alex and, and that's helped me get, you know, to be a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist yeah. or what, whatever these kids are going to do. And um, not saying other clubs don't do that. And, and you know, the, the other thing to kind of get back to your question that we're trying to do is, is look, sure we're the only men's outdoor pro team in, in Maryland and, and I'm sure I haven't actually talked to any, but I'm sure some youth clubs, you know, some youth clubs will not think twice because, you know, they're great clubs and they know that they're going to always get great players and coaches and that's fine. But there are probably some clubs, especially in the area of kind of where we operate that are nervous, scared, whatever. And we're not in the business of trying to coach players. We're really not. Um, We are in the business of players of development and, and, you know, if voluntarily they want to try out, potentially come over okay great but if not um you know we do kind of uh i don't even know what we call them but clinics you know club agnostic clinics with our first team coaches with our first team players um that is the the sole goal truly is to get players better and to to develop players um we got two coming up this summer kind of they're four weeks each two training sessions a, a week um, and it's with it's with our our youth staff. It's with our first team coaches. It's it's with our first team players. It's with really really smart people. And the, the sole goal we don't care what club you play for, right? Um, you you can beat us. You know you can crush our youth club on the weekend six zero. Come train train with us this, this this summer for two hours. Get better. Learn something. Take it back to your club. Um, and in spite of all that, right? When it comes time when when they're done playing youth soccer, when they uh, have to make a choice do, do I want to try to go pro or go to college or when they're done playing college we hope they come back to Maryland and say hey I have, I have a real chance to play high level professional hopefully or even re- reserve team you know soccer in the place where I mm-hmm. grew up and have family and friends um, you know and again like our reserve team um, isn't just a, a name it isn't just um, you know, a way to make money because we don't make money. We don't charge our reserve team and zero dollars is if you're on our, on our reserve team, you don't pay. Jersey mm-hmm. training, travel, you don't pay. It. Our goal is how to be a pipeline to our first team, and you know we actually already signed two players from our reserve yeah. team to our first team this year. Um, Adam, it took about two or three training sessions for our first team to be like, yeah, we got to sign this kid. Um, and then Jocelyn. Um, who's um, on the amateur NISA contract, so he can actually kind of jump back and forth between the two teams. 
Um, same thing. He he was he trained for a week or two with the reserve team, and we signed him to a contract because we think he can help the pro team. And we want that to be, you know, we want it to go youth to reserve to pro, and you can make that jump and have that realistic shot. And and that's you know a long-winded way of saying, yeah, we wanted to develop players. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's that's good, dude. Going into the elaborate you know, detail about the plans is exactly what I want to hear, exactly what I know everybody else wants to hear. Um, I think it's important that, you again, you reiterated that there's more than just soccer, right? Of course, you want yep. them to love the game for the rest of their life, but like you said, there's a small percentage of players that go college. There's an even smaller percentage yep. of players that go professional. And exactly. we got to prepare them for regular life, whether that's their career, yep. whether that's how to be a, a good father, how to be a good brother or, or sister, yep. you know, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And I think that's important. And um, I think it's awesome that you guys do have a, a player pathway, because in my opinion, every youth club should have a first team, whether that first team is just playing Sunday league soccer. They should have a first team that gets some experience against playing versus men. Um, yep. So totally it, sh- it should be a, a requirement. Like, hey, maybe you go play it, put it in Sunday league. It's not that expensive. You're just playing there, yep. but it's a first team. Um, but that's good that you do have the player pathway. Um, thank you again for coming on, dude. I know we've gone over Absolutely. a lot of topics. Is is there anything <laughs> else you want to kind of just give advice for coaches that may be coming up, players that may be wanting a you know uh, go professional or college, or just uh, for the fans in general that are hearing about the Maryland Bobcats for the first time? Yeah, for sure. Look, I think, and again, I'm I'm 26. I don't have a ton of experience. You know, I, I there's definitely a lot lot more to go. Um, but from doing this job, helping this club grow, be you know, talking to the smart people that we brought on board, the smart people at other clubs across the country and world, um, you know, it, this is gonna sound sound cheesy, but like, make sure to shoot shoot your shot, right? Like, um, you know, uh, email a coach, go to a tryout, do something because you know you never know, right? I I never thought I'd be doing this, right? I had a different job. Um, and, again, the only reason I'm here is because I fill out a free agent thing on a website. And, you know, four years later, here we are. Um, and, and the same goes for, for players, right? Mine's not necessarily playing. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, and I don't even do it. But it's hard to play professional soccer. No, I don't care where in the world you are, who you are. It, it, it's hard at any level, right? To make a dollar playing soccer is hard, hard to do. Um, and, you know, it really is, you know, there's a lot of talk of, oh, you know, he, this player left for this club and he changed here. Like, again, I'm probably not the best one to speak on this because I was at the same youth club for 10 years. But I, it does, I think it comes to a point is like, look, where are you going to get better as a player? Um, same thing for coaches right i think again um getting back to earlier i think coaches should be compensated and compensated very fairly for their time effort expertise you know because you, you and i both know coaching is not the two hours of your practice it's not the hour and a half game it's it's the other 22 hours of the day that actually is, is the coaching right and um you know uh, i think that that it, it the same holds tr- holds true for coaches right like um i think that you know, uh, go where you feel like you're wanted, needed, appreciated, um, that, and then that you can continue to develop as a, as a coach and a person. Um, you know, it's, it's been a crazy journey, um, for myself and, and with the club. Um, but, but, you know, there's, there's been a lot of, of really cool people that have gotten to meet. I mean, you talk to, right. Uh, people that without soccer, without this club, like I would have never talked to, never met. Um, and you know, as big as soccer is in the world, it's a really, really, really small world. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy how, how small it is. And, um, you know, uh, I was even texting my old youth coach, youth director of my club about stuff the other day. You know, I'm, he's, you know, I knew him since I was nine and now I'm texting about soccer stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm never really one to burn, burn bridges, but I think, especially in soccer, I think that it's, it's, it's kind of key to make sure that you don't always have to like everyone. You don't have to get along with everyone, you, you know, but I, I think to, to make sure that you have a working relationship, whether you're a player, coach, front office, whoever, um, can go a long way. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, last last thing I'll say is, look, um, I'm obviously very, very biased, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that the Bobcats, um, whether I'm here or not, or, you know, in the next year or 10 years, um, I, I think that the club is trying to do things the, the right way, is trying to, you know, make sure that, that we give guys, girls, whoever wants to be involved, uh, the chance to, to show that they deserve that chance. Um, you know, it, we're, we're also making sure that we're not just a team that um, shows up on Saturday, plays for two hours and goes home, that, that you know, uh, we're giving back to our community as much, if not more, than um, what the community gives to us and, and, and how much they come and so support our, us and our team. Um, and look, I think that's that's why all these teams in, in Europe have such, you know, even like a sixth sixth division team in, in England has so so many passionate fans because it's part of the community, right? It's not a business. It's not uh, uh, just, you know, something to go do. It's part of the, the community. And, um, you know, I think, I think soccer clubs, I think teams should be community assets, right? I think it should be a positive, a net positive for your community if there is a any level adult, I mean, I think youth too, but any level team in your community, um, it's something for people to get behind, to cheer for, to, to, to work with, to work, you know, uh, underneath next to what, whatever you want to call it. And, um, we're trying to build that, right. Uh, we have a long, long way to go, a ton of stuff that we need, need to do, need to do better on, need to do more of. Um, but again, you know, I, I think we have a really good kind of, kind of group core group, um, from, ownership to front office to staff to, to players that buy into that right and know that look this is still only we haven't even kicked the ball yet in in, in ESO. this is still year one of being a pro club and look myself included we all know that look next year could be completely different and there could be a whole new group of people but again we we are able to say hey look we help build this club we, we help launch this club to be pro and um we want to do as much as we can to 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 help our community community while doing it now that's awesome i think uh you're right they they are the reason european clubs are so successful is the fact that they are embedded in the community um just like barcelona right as as mas de un club it's, yeah. it's more than one club yeah. um and i think that's very important so uh i just want to thank evan for coming on um really enjoy the conversation as you can tell he's very very passionate about it has a lot of knowledge um and for everybody wondering you guys can check out maryland bobcats fc they have uh twitter accounts they have facebook they have everything uh, make sure you guys check out their website their season kicks off here in a couple of weeks pretty exciting um everybody BN check out sports yeah oh. all our games in the uh tournament in chattanooga um will be on bn sports sports wow. our games and all all the other games so um yeah be sure to watch that Check it out, guys. Vince Sports. There you go. Um, Nisa's kicking off. Thank you, Evan, once again. Um, I will include his personal social medias and email in the description. Um, feel free to reach out to him. One of the class act guys you, you ever meet in soccer. He's he's willing to talk uh, to to really anybody, and that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, obviously, he's he has a busy schedule, so give him some time to get back to you. But again, Evan, thank you for joining us, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thank you, thank guys. Thank you so much. And you guys have a great weekend. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Soccer Cat. Reach out on social media or via email. Let us know who you want to hear from or topics that you'd like to hear about. Thanks for listening. And as always, who will be capped next? Next.